coast and floorboards to shingles. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Time to pick up the tools and get to work. Give us a call right now with your home improvement question, your do-it-yourself dilemma. We are here to help you get the job done. The number is 1-888-MONEY-PIT, 888-666-3974. We know as you look around your house, as you look around your yard, there are many things that are on your spring to-do list. Let us help you get them done. Pick up the phone and call us at one eight 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 Money Pit. With that project, we'll talk you through it, give you some tips, some advice, some ideas, maybe some places to go to find stuff that you need to get it done once, get it done right, and then you can spread out the lawn chair and just hang out when it starts to get a bit warmer out. We've got a busy show planned for you coming up this hour, a wet, rainy spring season that we have had can sometimes lead to a leaky roof. Actually, the leak was probably always there, but you needed the good soaking (laughs) to find it. That's a surefire way of finding leaks. Just give a really heavy rain with the wind behind it, and it will show up where you never knew it existed, which makes finding those roof leaks and trying to figure out what you need to do to fix them pretty tricky. But we've got some tricks of our own to help you pinpoint where that water is coming in, and we will have those for you in just a bit. And also ahead this hour, you know, right now a spring cleaning frenzy is going on at my house. And maybe you guys have spring cleaning fever as well. Well, if you do, you just don't want to forget that one part of your home that takes a beating all year long, and that's your windows. I'm going to share some great cleaning tips so that you can see that beautiful spring sun as clearly as possible. And whether you are a weekend warrior or a full-time contractor, your phone is an important part of the job. But DIYers and contractors alike know that their phones need to be able to take a beating like no other. And believe us, we have tossed our phones quite a few times on the projects. <laughs> In places they should not have been. That we have tackled around our money pits. But we've got details, though, on a brand new mobile phone that is made specifically for home improvers that is so tough it's considered military grade. We're going to tell you all about that a little later in the show. Plus, the month of April means Earth Day, and we are giving away a great prize that will help you green your home and save some money, too. It's the do-it-yourself home energy and water-saving kit from AM Conservation, and it's worth more than $60. So let's get to it. Give us a call right now with your home improvement question. The number is one eight 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 money pit Leslie, who's first? Don in Michigan's on the line with a decking question. How can we help you? Hey, guys. I've got a 20-foot by 18-foot Trex deck. Okay. Uh, first floor deck, so it's about five feet off the ground. Okay. And in the winter, I get a rise in the middle of it. Hmm. When you say a rise, you mean it sort of swells or what? Yeah, it's it's it sort of seems as if it's pushed up, huh. um, right in the middle, uh, about four feet from the house, straight up, right underneath one of the four by fours that holds it up. There are four by fours under the middle and then around the periphery. And it, I mean, in, only in the winter, and it rises right. up about two inches. So I wonder if the footing that's right under that, uh, isn't deep enough. Because if it's not deep enough, when it freezes, it's going to raise that 4 by 4 post. And as it raises the post, it's going to push it up and, and pick up the deck at the same time. That footing has got to be 3 foot uh, below grade so that it gets down below the frost line. Interesting, interesting that none of the others do that, but this one might. Yeah, maybe huh. it was the one that was the hardest to dig or something and you stopped <laughs> See, a bit just short and... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, That's good enough. Uh, yeah. What you're describing is uh, could be a, the the frost cycle. Oh, okay. Terrific, terrific. Right. So uh, I guess the idea would be to uh, maybe dig that post up and yeah, reset, and reset it, it. exactly. It? Reset it. Yep. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, and the nice thing about the Trex deck is you could probably pull a few of those boards off and, and work from the top if it's easier to get in that way. Or, you know, it, can you get under this deck? It's about five feet off the ground, so you got enough room to get under there and work? Yeah, it's where I store my uh, lawn tractor. In the oh, summer. okay, all right. So then, yeah, you can get down there, and, and you know, what you want to do is dig a hole right next to the one that uh, we think is not deep enough. And then, you know, once it's plenty deep enough, you can sort of move the post over there, assuming there's no seam on top of it. Oh, yeah, no, no, no seam. Okay. Terrific, terrific. All right, Don. Well, good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Now we've got Marley's from South Carolina on the line with a refrigerator so cold it's freezing everything in there. Tell us what's going on. It's the bottom drawer, the lower drawer. I cannot use it. I can't put vegetables in there because they all freeze. Huh. Okay, well... Have you adjusted the temperature? Have you tried to uh, make the temperature a bit higher in the refrigerator itself? Yes, I have. I went from the center, which is 5, okay. to 4, and okay. that made no difference. Okay. Now, the second thing is, have you taken the drawers all apart and have you cleaned behind them? Because usually there's a vent back there that helps to circulate the air. If it gets clogged, then that could cause the freezing problem. Because refrigerators work just like um, heating systems or cooling systems in the sense that they... They do circulate some air, and if the to vents keep things are, evenly temperate, right? If the vents are clogged or or shut, then that could be the problem. So I would take everything out of there and do a real thorough job cleaning it, and see if that solves it. And if it doesn't solve it, then the next thing that you may have wrong with this is you may have a bad thermostat. And with respect to that, can you tell me how old the refrigerator is? Um, it's probably six years old. Well, it might be worth the cost of a service call to get their thermostat fixed or replaced because it's fairly new. Thank you very much. You're very welcome. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. You are tuned to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show on air and online at moneypit.com. Well, spring is definitely in the air, and thank goodness for that. If you are working on your spring home improvement projects, let us give you a hand with that. Give us a call 24 hours a day, seven days a week at 1-888-MONEYPIT. 888-666-3974. Up next, we've got your insider secrets for making window cleaning easy. We'll have steps to help you get rid of all of that winter dirt and grime coming up after this. On the Money Pit Radio Show. Making good homes better. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. And we want you to be part of the Money Pit Fund. So pick up your phone and give us a call at 888-MONEY-PIT because we will help you with your home improvement question. But we're also giving away a great prize. We've got up for grabs a do-it-yourself deluxe home energy savings kit. And nearly half of your home's energy bills are spent on your heating and cooling costs. And that's a lot. But the switch plate energy saver can help. It not only seals out those drafts, but it includes a thermometer to make sure that your home's temperature remains in the optimum green zone. Now, the kit is worth more than 60 bucks, and it includes several energy-saving products from AM Conservation. So give Good us a call. people. Yes, yeah, seriously, all the time. They're super chipper, so don't be surprised if you call them and they're like, hey! <laughs> but give us a call for your chance to win at 888-MONEYPIT. 888-666-3974. Well, are you ready for spring cleaning? What? You haven't started yet? <laughs> well, if you haven't, don't forget those windows because after a long winter, 
a lot of dirt, grime, and even salt and sand from your driveway can accumulate on those windows. And it's not just the glass that gets dirty. It's the vinyl around the glass that can get kind of nasty looking. Mm. You know, it's really gets pretty gross, especially uh, if they are in that very popular color of white, which, of course, shows everything. But one thing that you can do to help get them ready to clean is to use cotton socks, one of my tricks of the trade. Huh. like to put those on the hands because you can get in all of those gro- all of those corners and the grooves as you work your way around those frames. So you clean the glass with the towels, but when it comes to the vinyl frames, cotton socks do really well. You are super smart when it comes to all those cleaning tips. When are you coming over to do the windows at my house? Oh, just to test the theory, see if it really works? (laughs) I'd like to see since clearly I can't do it since it's your (laughs) theory. But really, guys, that's a great tip, and it's really helpful so you don't have to throw away any of those socks that you've got kicking around that are looking a little worse for the wear. Darn up any holes, stick them on your hands, and get to cleaning. Now, the experts at Simonton Windows say that you can use just about any multi-purpose household cleaner on vinyl windows, such as Fantastic, Formula 409, less oil or even a liquid cleanser but to get the glass on your window sparkling again you can use window cleaner but if you feel like trying something a little different you can use a light combination of white vinegar and water and then what you want to use to clean it newspaper really works the best but paper towels will do just fine if you want some more ideas on keeping your windows at your home clean visit simonton.com and by the way if uh, you're thinking about new windows for your home Stop by MoneyPit.com because right on the homepage we have our free replacement window guide, which is actually a free bonus chapter from our book, My Home, My Money Pit. And you can download it right there from the homepage of MoneyPit.com. Paul in Arkansas is on the line with a leak from the garage. Tell us what's going on. Uh, When we have snow and ice on our vehicles and we pull into the garage and shut the door, the, uh, you know, all that snow and ice melts and turns into water, puddles on the floor, and the garage is sloped just a bit, I guess, towards the house. And I guess it's, it's seeping or running underneath that wall that separates the house from the garage and is soaking our carpet. Wow. Boy, you must have a lot of stuff dripping off that car. <laughs> well, at, at times, uh, we, we do. Huh. And, uh, and and we, we've lived here two years and, and just recently started having this problem. Right. Well... There should be a sealer underneath the wall plate when that wall is framed, and it might be that that's missing and giving it an easy entree. What I think I might try to do is pull off the baseboard molding if you have it on the garage side, and I would use expandable polystyrene foam, like the great stuff, and I would try to, to foam that gap between the floor and the wall. And the trick here is to let the foam dry because it'll be really gooey and puffy, then after it's dried, you can come back with like a utility knife or like a file or a rasp and sort of clean it up against the wall. Then you could put the trim back up. And that should seal that gap nicely, at least enough to keep the, the water puddles from getting under the wall until they have a chance to dry out. Okay. So, so that foam is, is pretty much waterproof then? Yes, absolutely. Okay. Great. It's pretty much indestructible. We're pretty <laughs> sure it's going to be here for the next minute. It's going to outlive all of us. <laughs> Well, that sounds great. I sure appreciate it. All right. Good luck with that project, Paul. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Donna in Texas, you've got the Money Pit. How can we help you today? We had the most unseasonable cold in record history in, uh, in our part of the world this year. And we're looking at doing wood flooring on downstairs. We've completed the upstairs. And okay. on the upstairs, we, we had subflooring. We put cork between it and the... the uh, pre-attached 
foam that went on the back of the, the boards. Right. On a slab, and I know there's varying things, but on a slab, is what can we do, aside from that flimsy little piece of foam that's glued to the back of those boards, what else can we do that can insulate against cold on the slab? Well, you can first put down a vapor barrier, and then you there's special types of... Um, of underlayment that's designed for, uh, what kind of flooring are you putting down, laminate floor? Uh, we did laminate upstairs because there's not that much traffic. Right, but we what do you want to put downstairs? real wood downstairs. You want to put real wood on top of concrete? Yes, sir. Yeah, you can't do that. You have to use engineered hardwood. You can't use solid hardwood on top of concrete because it's too damp, and, and it'll buckle. So uh, underneath the engineered hardwood, you're going to use an underlayment there, and uh, that sort of comes in a roll, and it's a, like a thin insulation, and that'll help a little bit. But if it's that uncomfortable, you know, because of the temperature, then I think you're going to have to supplement this with some area rugs. All right, now we've got Warren on the line who's building a deck in his yard. How can we help you with that project? Well, I appreciate you taking my call. Uh, we're building a 12 by 12 deck over the grass in the backyard. And I don't want to be, it's only going to be like about 18 to 22 inches off the ground. And I don't want to be worrying with the grass <clears throat> underneath the deck about, you know, growing and everything. What can I do to stop that grass from continuing to grow underneath the deck? Well, a couple of things. First of all, you could spray all of the grass with Roundup. Just kill before, it. <laughs> right, just kill it off before you uh, build the deck. Then secondly, after the deck is done, you could spread some mulch down there. And between mm -hmm. and that... would you want to use like a weed blocker right below yeah, that? I guess you could. You could probably lay some weed block down and then put mulch over it. And that ought to do it. And since it's only 20 inches off the ground, the hot ticket would be to do this after you frame it, but before you deck it. Yeah, just pour it right uh, through. Yeah. Right? Because that's when it's easiest to work around it. How long would Randall kill it? It's uh one shot does it. <laughs> it's not coming back. Just be really yeah. careful, uh, because yeah, it gets right into the plant. Plant itself gets down to the roots. Just be careful of overspray, or you end up killing the grass on the other, you know, where the deck is not going to be, and that's not what you want to have happen. So be careful, especially if it's uh if it's windy out when you spray the stuff. Well, I'll wait until it's not windy. I <laughs> that would be the I'm idea. Not, I'd have to dig up all that grass and things. I yeah. really appreciate it. I love the show. Oh, you're very welcome. Thanks so much for saying that. Rita in Illinois is calling in with an HVAC question. What can we do for you? Yes, I was wondering how you feel about uh, having someone vacuum out your hot and cold uh, furnace vents. Your heating ducts. Yes. Yeah, I, I, we don't really feel strongly about that. I, I think that what we do recommend is a good quality electronic air cleaner on your system, but unless you're having construction done in the house where you've generated a lot of an excessive amount of dust, I don't really feel like duct cleaning is necessary. Okay. All right. Well, thank you so much. My husband will be glad to hear that. Okay. <laughs> Save us some money. <laughs> All right. Tell him he's got some more money now to take you out to dinner. Thanks so much for calling <laughs> us at one eight 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 money pit. I tell you, all those advertisements you get in the mail yeah. can really be alarming. You see these dirty, dirty ducks, and oh my yeah. gosh, everything's in danger if you don't clean yep. them out. And exactly. you know that's your first instinct is mm -hmm. to follow them. But don't. And a lot of uh, a lot of times they're warning you about mold and things like that. And if, and you, had mold, if you had mold in your ducks, but the worst thing you would want to do is vacuum and loosen all that up and send it, make it airborne.
Rod in Colorado needs some help with a water heater purchase. What's going on? Well, I, I have a gas hot water heater that's about 21 years old. Wow, okay. And um, it's starting to slow down on recovery, so I think it's time to replace it. So my question is, um, I'm looking at replacing it with another gas hot water heater or maybe switching over to either an instantaneous or I've read a little bit about um, a heat pump water heater, but I'm not sure about those. Mm-hmm. I, want, I want the most efficient, but that also has good recovery. Right. Okay, so right now you do have natural gas, correct? That's correct, yes. All right. So then what we would recommend is a high-efficiency gas water heater um, or a gas tankless water heater. And that's going to supply an unlimited amount of hot water, a tankless wheel, properly sized and installed. And that would be the most efficient way to go. Now, the heat pump water heaters are new on the market, and they're an excellent option. But I don't think that I would recommend that you forego a gas water heater to put in an electric heat pump water heater. If you have an electric water heater now, that's a way that you can get something that's two or three times as efficient. But since you already have gas, I would continue with the gas but I would install a tankless water heater. How efficient are those? Incredibly efficient. Mm. They only heat water as you need it. They don't store water. That's the difference. Wow. And then um, with those, basically you don't have to worry about recovery. It's just, you, you would have unlimited hot water, correct? You absolutely would because that's the way it works. You call for hot water. It bakes the hot water right there, heats the hot water right there, sends it down the pipe, and then it stops heating. Does it require a larger supply of gas than I currently use for my hot water heater? It requires a slightly bigger pipe, but it uses less gas. It just uses a burst of it. Instead of a a three-quarter inch gas line, it needs a one-inch gas line. So there's a little bit of replumbing involved, but overall it uses less gas. Thought of that one. Yeah, and that's what uh, I would look. I would look at the uh, the water heaters that are made by Rheem R H E M or Renai, both good brands. Okay. Okay. Thank you so much. All right. Good luck with that project. You're very welcome. Thanks so much for calling us at one eight 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 Money Pit. Still ahead, a wet spring can lead to a leaky roof, but to fix it, you gotta find it. We're gonna show you how to do that next. On the Money Pit Radio Show. The Money Pit is brought to you by ODL's Add-On Blinds. Enclosed behind tempered glass, they eliminate the need for dusting and exposed cords, both problems with traditional blinds. Plus, they easily install over your existing entry glass. Visit www.odl.com to learn more. Making good homes better. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. And we'd love for you to join the Money Pit community. Not only are we on air, we're also online. And there you'll find all of your fellow DIYers posting their home improvement questions and helping each other 
answer those home improvement questions. In fact, we have a whole cadre of professional home inspectors stopping by now, Leslie. Thanks to our friends at the American Society of Home Inspectors, you will see many, many new experts on the site beginning pretty much immediately. Those guys have been doing That's a great. great job answering your home improvement questions. So if you got one, head on over to moneypit.com, post it right there, and we or one of our crack team of home improvement experts will get back to you with an answer. Mike in North Carolina has a tub question. How can we help you take a dip? Uh, my question deals with these uh, prefab vinyl bathroom or tubs that are put in houses, and I'm getting ready to buy one. Okay. That uh, the, the dry the drywall matches up against the top of the tub, and yeah. I'm six foot three. My son's six foot three. When you take a shower, water splashes, and I've noticed now it's become my passion. But these all these bathrooms have have like water damage where the drywall has been rotted or fall apart. So. I'm trying to find out what's the best thing I can do to prevent this, tile it and then grout it, or is there some other solution? Well, how old are the houses that you're looking at, Mike? When were they, um, when were they built? They're five, five, six years old. They're not very old at all. They're, they're, they're pretty new houses, but they all have the same type of uh, yep, vinyl. Tub. Exactly. Yeah, that's exactly what I expected. You know, anything that's between five and ten years old, they may have used green green board. It's like a waterproof, quote-unquote, or water-resistant drywall. But it absolutely isn't, because as you've noticed, the water hits it and eventually disintegrates. So what you're going to end up doing is taking the drywall down and putting up a tile underlayment product like Dens Armor or something like that that is water resistant and then retiling on top of that. That's option one. The second option is to put in a liner. And even though some liners can look really cheap and kind of like junky. Like the vinyl surround liners? Yeah, but what I was going to say is that you can buy a high-end liner made of Corian. And if that's the case, that could go on top of the existing drywall as long as you have enough of it to sort of secure it, which doesn't take that much. And it's pretty thin, Corian, too. Mm -hmm. And Um, it's actually really beautiful. And all of them make it. Silestone, Caesar Stone, Corian, they all have a tub surround. Great. Okay. Well, I appreciate that. That, That's very helpful. And I I really enjoy your show. And thank you very much. You're very welcome. Thanks so much for calling us at 1-888-MONEYPIT. Well, nothing signals the start of spring better than those fresh blooms like daffodils and tulips in full color. But if you want to enjoy those beautiful spring blooms, you kind of need to get planting right now. And to find out just how to do that, we welcome Roger Cook, the landscaping expert on TV's This Old House. And Roger, the secrets to successful blooms all starts with the timing, right? Absolutely. But to be a gardener, you have to have an absolute leap of faith. Because (laughs) when you're talking about bulbs, you're talking about putting something in the ground over the winter and it's going to bloom in the spring. It just doesn't make sense. Doesn't at all. Except when you figure out where these bulbs come from in the mountains, where they freeze for the winter and then bloom. This is the only way they can survive. So really with all blooms, the secret is put them in in the fall with all bulbs. There's really no other opportunity to plant later in the season and have them come up, say, in the summertime? or There's two different categories of bulbs. The spring flowering bulbs all have to be planted in the fall. Summer flowering bulbs like dahlias and things like that are planted in the spring. All right. So confusing, isn't it? it? Yeah, it really is. Now, what are some basic rules that sort of apply to to all bulbs, like starting with the type of soil that they like? Well, bulbs hate wet soil, and some of them won't do well in shady areas. They'll They'll bloom the first year, but they won't reset for a second year if it's too shady. The biggest mistake people make is not planting bulbs deep enough. Well, because they're squirrels like favorite food, right? No, they're not. Really? Then what are they doing in my garden all the time? If you (laughs) plant a bulb with a bone meal, bones are something that squirrels eat naturally. 
they go after that particular mm-hmm. product. But that's planted underneath the bulb. They'll actually dig, throw the bulb out of the way, and eat the bone meal out of the soil. Oh, so it's not the bulb. It's the bone meal they're looking for. Interesting. Right. So that's why we use this product called superphosphate, which encourages root growth in the bulbs, but it's not attractive to rodents. Now, and what's the trick? I mean, we had wonderful success with tulips one season. There was a bajillion of them. Yeah. And then the following year, maybe like a third. Well, that's the thing with tulips is, especially if they're planted shallow, they'll only bloom one year and they won't follow that up. They won't keep reblooming or naturalizing is the term we like to use. So what the trick with tulips, plant them deep. And every year, supplement that bed with the same color tulips you put in okay. before. And how deep? I mean, am I going down a foot or just, you know, a couple inches? Basic math formula is two and a half times the size of the bulb. Okay. That's how deep you dig the hole. So in most cases for a tulip, you're going to be at five or six inches. Now, what about daffodils? I mean, those are sort of the workhorses of the spring flowers. Daffodils are my favorite. They seem to never fail. They thrive. They naturalize. They come back year after year. And for the money, I think they're your best bang for the buck. How do you plan uh, a garden that's going to be all bulbs? Do you bunch the colors together? Do you mix them up? Um, Are there considerations about height? Absolutely. And more important than all is sequence is when they're going to bloom because you don't want a tall one blooming in front and have a short Uh. one behind it and not be able to see it. It, it, it's all about sequence and massing of plant material. I love to mass bulbs, a whole bunch of them planted together. Now, I mean, so many mail-order catalogs flood our mailbox at home, and you see these beautiful blooms, and you're like, oh, I'm going to order these bulbs. Is it better to get them from a catalog or head to my local home center and, like, really see in touch? I do both. I love to support the local garden centers, but sometimes I can't get what I need at Mm -hmm. the garden center, so I have to reach out and get it someplace else. The key to remember is that when you buy bulbs— They're all bought by size. So you have to look and compare size. If you're going to buy a 12-centimeter bulb or an 18-centimeter bulb, there's a difference in price. And the bigger the bulb, the bigger the flower, or the more flowers it'll have. The bigger the height or? No, just the bigger the flower, the bigger the plant itself. Within each species of plant, you can buy little short ones, medium, and tall. And then the sequence goes with that, early, medium, (laughs) and late. So one thing that you can do is you can always buy bulbs in a naturalized mix, meaning that when you buy it, there's three or four different types in there. So when you plant it out, they sequence themselves. You, mm-hmm. don't, have to, you don't have to do the math and figure it out. But do you need to physically look at the size of the bulb and sort them based on the size of the bulb so that you can see everything in the, in the bed? No. No. When you buy a bulb, you're going to know what height it's going to be. And mm-hmm. these mixtures, you just throw the whole mixture out and they'll all pop up at different times and they, they'll all be about the same height. So buy the mixture and they kind of do the work for you. Exactly. Great advice. Roger Cook from TV's This Old House. Thanks so much for stopping by the Money Pit. And for more tips, including a video of how to plant bulbs, you can visit thisoldhouse.com. And remember, you can watch Roger and the entire This Old House team on This Old House and ask This Old House on your local PBS station. Thanks, Roger. Oh, you're welcome. And This Old House is brought to you by State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Still ahead, weekend warriors and seasoned pros alike need a mobile phone that can stand up to a beating on the job. We've got info on one that can do just that next. You live in a body pit.
making good homes better. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Give us a call right now at one eight 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 Money Pit. If you do, we'll give you the answer to your home improvement question. And we're giving away a DIY Deluxe Home Energy Saving Kit from AM Conservation. Did you know that the average household spends $2,200 a year on energy bills? Wow. $2,200 a lot of money on those energy bills. But there are all kinds of things in this kit that can help you cut those costs. Like, check this out. They've got a fridge freezer thermometer that will keep food fresh in your refrigerator and make the fridge efficient by making sure it stays in the green zone, which is the optimum temperature for energy efficiency. It is a prize worth more than $60. It's going to go out to one caller that reaches us with their home improvement questions. So what are you waiting for? Pick up the phone and call us right now, 888-MONEYPIT. All right, now we've got Linda in Texas who's got gophers and moles living in the yard. Tell us about it. Well, these are not the kind of pets I want to have. I live on <laughs> seven acres wow. and a sandy soil, mm-hmm. and I try to have a garden once, and they took care of that problem. I haven't planted a garden since. Yeah. I have about 30 to 40 run of moles, and the same about um, Gopher Hills, about 30 to 40. I've tried the poison. I've tried putting the little whirly-dooly things out there to scare them off. Um, I've done everything but stand out there and try to shoot them. (laughs) (laughs) Have you used grub control? Um, I put fertilizer on and pre-emergent, so I'm not sure what grub control is. Yeah, see... What we want to do here is not treat the grass. We want to treat the bugs that are in the grass because that's the food. That's the food that they want. That they're eating. Okay, they're eating earthworms. They're eating grubs. And while we like to keep the earthworms, we don't like to keep the grubs. So what you need is grub control. There's a number of products out there. Bear Advanced has a grub control. Scott's has a grub control. Spectrum has a grub control. But you're going to need a season-long grub control product, which is going to cut down on all of the grubs that are in your sandy soil, and it will send the moles looking elsewhere for their next meal. Excellent. Hope that helps you out. Thanks so much for calling us at one eight 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 money pit Well, when you're working on a home improvement project and you need to stay connected, you need a phone that's tough enough to stand up to some pretty heavy-duty use. And now there is a new one on the market that can do just that that we think is kind of cool. It's called the Motorola i886. And it gives you Nextel Direct Connect functionality in a phone that meets military specs for, check this out, Leslie, dust, Mm -hmm. shock, vibration, extreme temperatures, and humidity, which pretty much sounds like... Yeah, and it pretty much sounds like the average home improvement project condition. You know? Yeah, that's like a job site right there. <laughs> pretty much a job site. Uh, apparently, this thing can even take being immersed in water, which is just I don't amazing. want to test it. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't test it, but it's pretty cool that it can do that. And it's got one-touch control, so you can switch between voice. You get the full uh, QWERTY keyboard. You can also listen to music. You can even access your email your calendar, your contacts, your voicemail messages. It will like it'll kind of be like having your office on the job site. But I mean for those of us that are just like heavy duty do it yourselfers, this is the phone I need because I can't tell you how many times I have dropped phones on projects or 
you know, sometimes I'm doing a job around the house and where do you put your phone? I put it in my nail pouch, which is probably not the smartest thing to uh, me do. Me too. But that's where it fits, right? Because you don't want to go. Oh, and it gets so dusty in there. And the thing is, you don't want to like reach under the nail pouch to get it out of your pocket. So you put it in the pouch because that's where you can like access it. So anyway, it's pretty cool. The i886, you ought to check it out. It even has a camera so you can take pictures of those home improvement projects at the same time. And you can learn more about it at Motorola.com. Hey, and when you take those pictures of your home improvement projects, you can post them at MoneyPit.com so we can all see and comment on what you are working on and share the fun of home improvement. Well, spring is in the air, but memories of a drafty, chilly winter, let me tell you, they are still fresh in my mind, so I can imagine that they are in yours as well. Well, it's time to seek out those drafts wherever they're hiding, and we're going to seal them up once and for all. We're going to tell you how to do that next. Where home solutions live. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Call us right now at 1-888-MONEYPIT with your home improvement question. We're standing by for your do-it-yourself dilemma, 888-666-3974. Hey, if spring cleaning is on your Money Pit to-do list these days, be sure to check out the tips and advice at MoneyPit.com, including Consumer Reports' best ways to clean those hard-to-clean items in your home, like the decorative pillow ceiling fans and upholstery it is all online right now at moneypit.com just search it by entering spring cleaning into the search box and while you're at moneypit.com if you've got a question or you want to find out what other people are working on you can head on over to our community section and while you're there you can post whatever you want you can post videos of your projects you can brag about something that's going great or if you've just got a question you can post those there as well and I've got one here from Mark in Indiana who wrote I have a case I'm sorry I have casement windows all my windows are leaking at the covers for the cranks how do I seal this area all winter the house was very drafty just from the these leaks. You know, Mark, if the casement window is drafty, one thing that I suspect is that the window might be out of square. So I'd like to eliminate that first by telling you to close the window very, very carefully and check the reveal around the window. The reveal is the gap uh, right around the window where it sits into the frame and it needs to be even on all sides. If the like window, the window is, itself, does would the trim work hinder you from seeing if it's square? Like, can't you cover that with trim and kind of hide that or no? No, because I think what I'm talking about here is when you when the window closes inside the frame itself where it strikes the seal, that part mm-hmm. you, can, you can see even if you have trim around it. And if this window is slightly out of square, that could account uh, for those gaps. The second thing is to check the integrity of the weather stripping that's built into the window. I bet something is broken off, worn out, uh, or missing, and that would let the wind come right through. Because remember, the window can be weatherproof in terms of keeping the water out, but not be draft-proof. Check those two things, and I bet you one of those is causing the issue. Mm-hmm. And once that seal on the inside fails, really there's nothing you can do except replace that window, right? Well, you may be able to find replacement parts if you contact the manufacturer. So I wouldn't give up at that point. But if, if it's the windows, I think you're talking about the glass. If the glass happens to fail, um, that would make the glass somewhat inefficient. And mostly it's a cosmetic defect, but that wouldn't account for the drafts. Okay, good. All right, next up, we've got a post from Darlene in Utah who wrote, My basement is very cold. I have a laundry room and guest area down there. How do I insulate to make it more comfortable? 
Well, insulating the basement is going to make it uh, a little more comfortable. But remember, you need heat to make mm. any space comfortable. I mean, you can't just insulate it. Insulation will keep the whatever ambient heat's in that room inside. But if you're going to turn an unfinished basement into a finished basement, you have to add heat. And the easiest way to do that would be to add in a basement uh, electric resistance heaters. Sure, they're expensive to run, but you're not going to use them as much. Uh, as you would use the heat upstairs. So why not use them, put them on a couple of zones, uh, and just run them when you need them. And that, coupled with the insulation, will do a good job. All right, next up, we've got a post from Jean in South Carolina who wrote, I have a problem with mildew in all of my closets and some of my lower cabinets. What can I do? Help, it's driving me crazy. Uh, Ventilation, ventilation, ventilation. Uh, Very common in closets and sometimes in cabinets to get a mildew buildup. And if you add vents to that space, that will take care of it. Um, remember, you also need to treat all of those surfaces with a bleach and water solution mm-hmm. to kill the mildew first. Yeah, then get ventilate rid of it, it, and it probably won't come back. Mm-hmm. And in your closets, once you get rid of that mold and mildew, prime those walls and paint them because you want to get rid of that mold once and for all. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. Thanks so much for spending this hour with us. We hope that we've helped you get started with those spring cleaning and those spring fix-up projects with a few ideas to help you get going. If you've got questions 24-7, remember you can call us at 1-888-MONEYPIT. And please head on over to the website at moneypit.com and post your questions there as well in the community. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Remember, you can do it yourself. But you don't have to do it alone. 